Hi everyone, my name is Taylor, one of the pastors here at Calvary, and happy Labor Day weekend to you and your families. I know so many are traveling and out and camping and kind of one last hurrah before the school year starts. And so uh, thank you for joining us online. I promise to keep this about 15, 20 minutes to encourage you today, and that's my heart. I'm um, here in the studio, we have Esalie Classroom. Uh, we have outdoor services this weekend, so I'm filming this message midweek, and so, because we can't record outside. So uh, those of you that are watching from all over the place, thank you so much and hope you're doing well. And if you're anywhere near the Sumner area, we'd love to have you at Calvary Community Church next weekend. Uh, Pastor Ray is going to be speaking, starting a whole new series. And so we're just excited for what God's going to do in the, in the coming weeks. But I have this scripture I wanted to share with you from 2 Peter chapter 1. And as I was thinking, we're kind of in between series. Just kind of thinking like, what? where should we go? What should I share? And this is the scripture the Lord laid in my heart early this week. And uh, I felt like it would be encouraging for all of us. And I guess that's my hope is wherever you're at today, wherever you're watching, watching on your phone, watching at home, watching while you're traveling, just these brief few minutes together would be moments that are just so encouraging to your faith. How many of there's so much in our world that's discouraging? There's so many things that are tearing us down. I want to just have a few moments to build you up, build your faith up, build you up for where you're at in these moments in this time, this very interesting time to which we find ourselves living in. So here we are, 2 Peter chapter 1 is the, the verse that the Lord laid on my heart. 2 Peter 1 verse 3, it says this, His divine power has granted us all things, catch that, all things, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. But which he has granted us, catch this, he's granted us his precious and his very great promises. That, that word promises, I want to key in on that today. So that through these promises, you and I together, we may become partakers in his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. I, I want to look at this past the scripture for just a few minutes today. I believe there's so many things we could pull out of it. Uh, on a very basic of nature, this is what the scripture is telling us, that we have opportunity, you and I have opportunity to access God's divine power. Now just, just let that blow your mind for a second. Like th I think this reality can absolutely stop us in our tracks, can absolutely change our life, can absolutely change our the trajectory of the things that are going on in our lives. We realize I have access to God's divine power. And, and what is God's divine power? It's all things that pertain to life and to godliness. This is what the scripture says, which means everything that God has created, everything that God has done, he's given us as, as his sons and his daughters access to this divine power that he created. The, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, is the same power that's available to you and to me. And how do we access this power? What's, what's this mean that we can access God's divine power? The scripture makes it so clear that we access God's divine power through his precious promises. This is it. We access God's power. And, and I think you want that. It's just that I want that. To access God's power, we have to do it by understanding and learning his precious promises. I, want, I wanted to share this analogy just for a second. Have you ever wondered what you would do if you won the lottery? 
I know I've, I've wondered this before. I've, I've thought about this where it's like, what, you know, would I, where, would I buy a house on the beach and have a vacation home? Or would I uh, give a lot of money away to a charity? Or would I buy this car? Or, I don't know, like all the, your mind is kind of, it's kind of a fun game to play. Maybe a fun icebreaker around dinner. Like if you won the millions of dollars, what would you do with, with the money? And I, I was thinking about this. Imagine someone though that you met that won the lottery. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to know that friend? Be like, homie hookup, right? Help it, help it, help us out. But he, if you won the lottery and you still perceived and you still lived your life as if you had no money. Think about this. If someone won the lottery and they're going and, and maybe their, their clothes don't fit and they haven't gotten new clothes, they haven't washed their clothes. Uh, maybe someone won the lottery and their car's bro- broken down and you know they have millions of dollars, but they still come to you and ask if you can help purchase a new car for them. Uh, maybe you know they have millions of dollars and some, their roof needs repaired, so they still call you and ask for money. C- could you imagine how mind-blowing that would be if you knew someone had all this money and yet they still go to you and like, could you help me with this? And I was thinking about this. This is how a lot of people live when it comes to God's promises. Catch this. We, you and I, when we come to know Jesus, It opens up the treasure chest of God's promises for you and for me. And we have all of these promises available to us. The Bible says all of God's promises are yes and they're amen in Christ Jesus. That God has made us all of these amazing promises and and we get to access them. We get to go before them. But at the end of the day, what many believers live their lives, they live their lives defeated. They live their lives tired. They live their lives confused. They live their lives without purpose. And can I, can I just tell you today, that's like the same equivalent of what it means to the, the lottery analogy. We have the lottery available to us. We have everything available we could ever want in God's promises in the divine and, and, and something even way better than money could ever offer. And it is the promises of God. But we live our lives so many times without tapping into those promises. A promise, catch this, a promise is only as reliable as the person who makes it. I think in, the, in, in our world, if we're just honest, the times in which we're living, it's really hard to trust people. It's really hard to trust things. It's really hard to trust society. It's really hard to trust this leader, or it's really hard to trust this system, or it's really hard to trust things in our world. And a promise is only as reliable as the person who makes it. And you might be saying, uh, I've had a lot of people over-promise and under-deliver in my life. And I I can be honest, and that's true in my life. I have people that have been in my life that have said, hey, this is what I'm going to do for you, or this is what this is going to be like. And and at the end of the day, their commitment falls short. And what I want to tell you today, though, about God's promises is A promise is only as reliable as the person who makes it, and God is reliable. God is a covenant-making, and He's a promise-keeping God. This is so good. that Consider in Genesis, immediately when, when sin entered the world, God made a plan with a promise, and He fulfilled His plan and His promise to His people, to you and I. Consider in Genesis, God uses Abraham and says, I'm going to make you a great nation. And then here comes the people of Israel. He, he talks about a promise, and He fulfills on His promise. Consider even Israel. He says, I'm going to get you to your promised land. And they get to go, and they eventually they attain their promised land. Consider all the different 
prophecies and all the different things in Scripture that God said he would do, and he did over and over, at at the the very greatest, uh, the pinnacle of all God's promises being Jesus Christ. He says, I'm going to send a Savior. I'm going to send someone to die for you. I'm going to send someone to be the sacrifice for your sins, and Jesus comes and is that for us. God fulfills his promises. He fulfills his promises all throughout the Old Testament. He fulfills his promises in, in Jesus. He fulfills his promise in the New Testament. He fulfills his promise even today. Like it doesn't take very long in our lives, you and I as, as Christ followers, to look back and say, we serve a really faithful God. We serve a God who is reliable and he can be trusted. God's promises is how we access the power of God. God's promises is what allows us to escape the corruption that is in this world. This is what 2 Peter chapter 1 tells us, that God's promises as we lean into them, we access his power, and also it takes us out of the corruption. It gets us away from some of the corruption that's in the world. And none of God's promises, catch this, none of God's promises, they're, they're not random or they're not arbitrary. He wants you and I all, all of us as Christ followers, he wants us to know his promises for this reason so that we can live differently. So you can live differently. What are, what are some promises of God? Just, just a handful of them, just a few minutes today, a handful of promises. How about this one? The promise of forgiveness. This is a promise. This is a promise that is found all throughout Scripture, but I think it's an important one today. A promise is that we can we can lean on. The promise that's available to the believer. The promise of forgiveness. Love what it says in First John chapter one verse nine. It says, "If if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful, and He is just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness." So here's what I know today is that these promises they meet us in specific times in our lives. And you might be watching this today and you might be beating yourself up. You, you might have not realized grace. You, you might be so bummed about a decision that you've made. You, you might be in this place of shame and you might be in this place of brokenness. And can I tell you, God wants to meet you today with forgiveness. This is, a, this is good news. This is what first... John 1 says, it's like, if we confess our sins, if we get honest before God, what's the promise? That he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. You're like, well, Taylor, what if I go back and do that same thing I did before? Can I tell you, if you confess your sins, yes, maybe even for the thousandth time, our God, he is faithful and he is just to forgive you today of all unrighteousness, of all your sins, of all your brokenness. Grace never runs out. Is grace, is, is, is because we forgive, we receive forgiveness an excuse to go sin? Absolutely not. In fact, Paul speaks about this. He says, no, when I have received grace, it doesn't, it doesn't mean I want to go back and do the same thing. It's actually the empowerment to want to grow and want to get better, want to learn more and more like Jesus. And sometimes that's little steps at a time, but it's just the promise of forgiveness. You got to live into forgiveness. How, how do we know that God has forgiven us? Jesus Christ. That Jesus on the cross has, is, is the forgiveness for our sins. But there's a key word here. It's if. If we confess our sins. See, this is how promises work sometimes. The promises of God. You have to, you have to ask. You have to plead. God, I confess my sins. And every time God chooses to forgive us, this is the promise of God. Here's another promise of God. Promise of forgiveness. How about this one? This is, might be encouraging for someone to say the promise of rest. The promise of rest. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you, what's it say? 
rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What's this word rest mean? This word, this word rest, yes, it's a, it's a physical rest that you can find physical rest. Jesus wants to provide avenues of Sabbath and avenues of places for you to find rest. But really, I think what he's talking about is emotional and spiritual rest. I believe with this passage of scripture is Jesus wants you to know that there is a place for the deepest part of you to find rest. You know, I talked a few minutes ago about in the times in which we find ourselves living, there's, these, there's, a, there's a lack of trust. You know what lack of trust leads to? Anxiety. I, I believe that many of us, we find ourselves on edge because we can't trust anything, anyone, or maybe we can't even feel like we can trust ourselves. And you find yourself living in this cycle of anxiety. And, and can I tell you, sometimes it's more complicated. Sometimes there's different situations that have happened in your life that might require counseling or might require meeting up with a friend and talking about some of the things in your life. And that is a total godly things when they're done in godly ways. But I also want to talk to you today. Maybe there's just, you've been, you haven't brought your concerns and your needs to God. Well, here's the promise. The promise is rest that you don't have to hold those things anymore. Like, like the, the more you can just release the things that you're holding and give them to God, the promise of rest is that he's gonna take the burden, he's gonna exchange it for something light, for something of peace. And, and this peace as he exchanges, the Bible says it's like a peace that surpasses all sorts of understanding. Like when you just give God your burdens, he gives you this release of peace into your soul in the deep places of who you are. He says, come to me. See, this is the promise though. The promise is always there, but what do we do? There's a step for us to come to him. See, the promise of forgiveness, the forgiveness is always there, but the question is, are you going to ask for it? The, the same is the true with rest. The, the promise of rest is always there, but are you gonna come to Jesus because he's the one that can give you rest? There's a step that you need to take to come and receive this promise. And here, here's a third one. I love this promise. It's the, it's the promise of, of God's presence. The promise of God's presence of what it says in Psalms chapter 139, verse eight, and I hope you're with me. A couple more of these, then we're gonna end. I hope this is encouraging for wherever you're at today. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. This is David speaking. You know me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise. You know when you know and perceive my thoughts from afar. David says, you discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. And before a word is even on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You're, be you're behind me. You're before me. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. And this is what David says. It's like his conclusion. So where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there as well, what is this? This is the promise of presence. This is the promise of presence. Let me tell you today, you can know that God's always with you. This is one of those promises that you don't have to do anything. You know, some promises, they really are, they do require a step from us. Just like, just like forgiveness, we have to confess our sins. Just like rest, we have to come to Jesus and he has to exchange, he exchanges us the heaviness for something light but we have to ask for it. But can I tell you about God's presence? This is one of those promises that you don't have to ask for it. He's just always there. Man, this is so, so good. This is such good news. Like you just need to rest today that God's presence is before you. It's behind you. It's beside you. You, you might feel like you have no friends in the world right now. And can I tell you, 
God is with you and he is for you. You might feel so lonely. Can I tell you, the Bible says he, he sticks closer than a brother. You, you might be in this place in your life where you're, you're trying to discern what's next for you. You're trying to discern uh, what the future will hold. And, and you might be so anxious about the future, but can I tell you, you don't have to be anxious about the future because the same God that's with you now is gonna be the same God that's gonna be with you in the future. This is the promise of his presence. Like he just continues to go with you. I love what, what he says in, in Joshua chapter one, verse five is like, no one's gonna be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. This is what he says to Joshua. This has always been God's promise is that he'll always be with his people. Like just when Moses steps aside and Moses goes, he's always with Joshua. He's always with his people. And this is so true for you today. Whatever change comes or whatever the future holds, whatever is happening in your life, God's with you. And I don't know about you, but when I just step into circumstances knowing God's with me, it changes everything. Knowing that the, the, the heaven is on my side. If God is for us, who can be against us? This is the promise of God's presence. How about the fourth one, the promise of purpose? Promise of purpose. Two more. Of what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Well, what is this? What is this promise? The promise is that if you'll love God, if you'll put God first, if you'll love him with your entire life, that he will always work all the stuff out in your life. Even if you can't see it, even if it seems like I don't know what God's doing right now, the promise is if you'll just put him first, if you'll love him, he'll work all the things out according to whose purpose? His purpose. What's that tell us? He's got a purpose. And what's so cool about God is he wants to include you and I into that purpose. That he, he doesn't want us to leave us out. He actually wants us to join and partner with him and all the things that he's doing in the world. Can, can I just remind you, maybe this, is, maybe this is a reminder more than in something new for you, but can I remind you, God is making all things new in the world. Like there's this, this process of redemption and reconciliation and restoration has begun and it's happening and God wants to use you as a part of it. Can I tell you, if you're still here and you're still breathing, you still have purpose. Uh, can I tell you, you shouldn't count yourself out of something that God's trying to count you, count you into. Like we, we love to create all these excuses. I, I can't, or I, I used to be able to, or that used to be my thing. Or, no, no, like, Man, I think it's a beautiful time as for a fresh start to say, God, I'm ready for you to use me again. I'm ready to get involved in church. I'm ready to get involved in community. I'm ready to, to, to partner with you, whatever that looks like, to start a new ministry, to, to give, to serve, to pray. God, I want to just join you in what you're doing. Uh, this life is not my own. I don't count anything that is that I have as mine. It's all yours. Now, God, help me to be used as a vessel, commissioned out to go and to share a purpose. We got to remember every day when you wake up, you're not just you're not just waking up to go make a paycheck. You're not just waking up to go and, and, and do a job. No, no, you are on purpose with God, on mission with God every single day. Okay, this is the promise of purpose. And God, as long as you are on this earth, doesn't matter if you're, if you're one year old or if you're 101 years old, God has something yet for you to do still. And here, here's the last promise of, of thousands I could share, but we won't study all of them today. The last one I wanna, I wanna encourage you with is the promise of comfort. The promise of comfort. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 35. It says, praise be to God and Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's the father of compassion. And catch this, he's the God of all comfort. 
He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from the Lord. And just as we share in his sufferings, so also we share in his comfort. This is 1 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 5. Did you catch that? The promise is that God is the God of comfort. And that just as we have shared in his sufferings on the cross, we also get to share in his comfort of the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you back to church this next weekend. Uh, Pastor Ray is going to be starting a new series on the Holy Spirit. And one of the great attributes of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And this is the promise that just as I talked about God's presence that's with us, when God's presence is there, God's comfort is there. And you might be grieving today. I know there's so many grieving, grieving of a loss, grieving of bad news, whatever it looks like in your life. If you're grieving, can I just, can I just tell you the promise of comfort? I can't promise you that everything is going to work out the way that you're planning. I can't promise you that you won't get bad news because I've received bad news just like probably you have. What I can promise you is that God's comfort can be with you, that he'll, he'll walk you through, he'll, he'll calm your heart, he'll comfort you in times, in times of need, times of trouble. So these are just a few of God's promises. I love what First Peter says, how do we access the divine power and nature of God? We access them through his promises. And I want to challenge you to take just these five promises that I talked about and, and apply them to your life. I, I want you to activate them. You see, God's promises, they aren't automated per se, but they are activated. And they're activated into our lives when we intentionally do that. And here, here's just kind of three action things I want to encourage you with as we close. I want you to memorize the promises of God. You, you need to memorize the promises of God for a rainy day. Like things might be really good for you right now, but you may need to go back and maybe rewatch some of this and go look at one of the scriptures. I shared a lot of short little scriptures today. And you need, you need to take some of those promises of God and you need to memorize them. And, and so that you can renew your mind with that. So that when, when tough times come and, and your mind wants to always go to the negative and wants to go to the discouraging, because you know that's how our minds are bent, right? Our minds always go towards, this is going to be the worst thing in the world. How am I ever going to make it through this? Uh, why would God allow this? But if we memorize the promises of God when the tough things come and we need a promise of God and we need to access God's divine power, oh, we, we've already had a promise memorized. And oh yeah, like my God will supply every need. This is what Philippians says. Like my God will supply every need in Christ Jesus. Or I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or all these different promises of, of God. We have to memorize them so that in time of need, the Holy Spirit can bring them to your, to your mind. Here's the second thing I would encourage you to activate God's promises. You need to pray the promises of God over your situations. So you need to memorize. How do we activate God's promises? We memorize them. Then we need to pray the promises of God over our situations. I don't know what your situation is right now, but I, I, I want you to just like get bold in your faith with God and to start praying these promises over your situation. Maybe you're here, and as I talked about comfort, you're here and you are, you are really grieving. Could you, could you pray 1 Corinthians chapter three over that and say, God, I thank you that you're the God of all comfort and I need you to meet me in this moment. We, you pray scripture, you pray God's promises. There's so much power when you just pray scripture. It's like the divine words of God begin to be prayed back to God and be received into our 
hearts. And so I, I would encourage you, if you want to activate God's promises, get you to memorize them, but then you need to pray them over your situations and, and, and invite others to come in to pray the promises of God over your situations as well. And here's the last thing I would say is activating God's promises is there's something powerful about speaking God's promises into someone else's life. So memorize, pray, and then speak God's promises into someone else's life. You know how much, you know how powerful it is? The other, the other uh, two months ago, I was doing a hospital visit and I was with a group from the church and it was obviously really tough situation, tough circumstance. But it was so powerful that this family was speaking the promises of God over the situation, but they were speaking the promises of God to me. <laughs> Like this is this is the so powerful when you begin to to go and you, you think that you're gonna be the one to to encourage and you come and like so many people know the promises of God so deeply that they speak them back to you. Can I tell you, you know what was happening in that moment? They were experiencing and they were believing the promises of God into such degree that they couldn't help but speak them over everything that came in their way. And I think that's what happens when we get so good at speaking, even when we don't feel it even when we don't see it, but we, we, can, we can see something in someone else that they need a promise of God. And we, and we take them to coffee and say, hey, bro, let me tell you about this promise of God. Let me tell you what this means to you. God's never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. You might feel anxious, but let me tell you about the promise of peace. You might feel beaten up today. Let me tell you about the promise of forgiveness. And as, as you begin to speak that out, just as much as it's gonna encourage them, it's gonna encourage you. And it activates God's promises in a powerful, powerful way. So these are the promises of God. First Peter chapter two, chapter one, rather it says that all these great promises through him, we become partakers in the divine nature. And this is my prayer for you this week and that you would be accessed, you would access God's promises and that you would receive them and live them into your life. Let me pray for you uh, wherever you are. Lord, thank you for your promises. May they just reside into our lives that we might experience your nature and your power. I pray God's promises over these people. Lord, wherever they're watching, God, I pray they would just, they would, they would take the, a moment to allow this to sink into their hearts and their souls. And Lord, I believe these promises are life-changing. They're, they, they're trajectory-changing and they can make us more like you in each and every moment. So may it be so in these moments that the words that you shared through me would not return void, that your word would continue to go out and touch the hearts of people watching. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.